your life. Okay, cool. Um, Ashley asked me to preach, uh, or teach, or talk, or whatever it is, and I've never done this before, so brace yourselves for a wild ride. Well, who remembers anything from what Ashley said last week? Anyone remember anything that she said in the talk? Yes. Um, something about roots. Awesome. I also recall a photo of Mount Everest. There was a photo of Mount Everest. Great. She mentioned the word community a lot. She did mention the word community. Nice. Okay. Yeah. She said we should be rooted deeply in good community. Yeah. See, I'm so proud. Okay, this could have gone very wrong in upset. Actually, not. You're doing well so far. It was community and it was two other things. Spirit and word. Spirit and word. Yes. Awesome. That's not depressing at all. Um, okay, and to do that, which book of the Bible are we going to read uh, through? Okay, who knows anything about the Book of Acts within reason? Yeah. <laughs> tell me what's happening about the Book of Acts. Right, so so far, Jesus has ascended, and they've spoken in tongues, and Amy's read out a lot of things. Heavenly Great. Okay, right. Cool, cool, cool. Anything else we know about the Book of Acts? Was it not written by Paul? It was not written by Paul. And the apostles are people who follow Jesus, um, the beginning people, I think. Just, yeah. Um, but in the book of Acts, which are going to go through the whole term, so I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but it's basically two main apostles, Peter and Paul. Um, and it was written by Luke, who wrote Luke, surprisingly. And so this, is, this is like Luke part two. So, yeah, it's, um, so it picks up where Luke left off. So Luke is focused around the, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus and Acts is based around, around what happened after that, aka the, the, the church um, beginning, very exciting times. Um, so Jesus is raised from the dead and he, he chills with the disciples and he's like telling them all about the fact that he was who he said he was and all this stuff in scripture that they never realised before um, and that he also needed to go and leave so his spirit could come down on the, to the earth. Um, and then he, he leaves to go to heaven. I've written another word there, but I feel like I can't say it because I'm being recorded. Um, it rhymes with wheat. Um, yeah, anyway, so the first six chapters of Acts, we're looking at Acts 1 and 2, um, are about the early church. So the church is literally just beginning to form. Uh, the church is born, and it all kicks off. So now we're going to watch a Bible Project video because they explain it much far better than I could. Um, can everyone see that? With the stands in the way? Yeah. One of the earliest accounts about Jesus of Nazareth, his life, death, and resurrection, was written by a man named Luke. We know it as the Gospel of Luke. But Luke continued the story in a second volume, called the Book of Acts. And it's all about what Jesus continued to do after his resurrection. Acts begins with the disciples were hanging out with Jesus, who's just come back to life, which is mind-blowing to imagine. And then for weeks, the risen Jesus kept teaching them about his upside-down kingdom, the new creation that he launched through his death and resurrection. This is exciting stuff, and the disciples are ready to go tell the world. But then Jesus tells them to wait, and to stay in Jerusalem until they receive a new kind of power, 
so they can be faithful witnesses to Jesus and his kingdom. Then he says that their mission is going to begin in Jerusalem, then move out to Judea and Samaria, and then from there out into the nations. It's like a road map for the whole book of Acts. Then the disciples saw Jesus enthroned as king of all creation. So the disciples wait, wondering when this power is going to come. And then comes the time of Pentecost. So this is an ancient Israelite festival it's during the early summer, and thousands and thousands of Jewish pilgrims would come back to Jerusalem from all over the world, all these different languages and cultures colliding in the city. And the disciples are together in a house, which is suddenly filled with rushing wind along with fire. Fire splinters off into tongues of fire hovering over people's heads. What's this all about? Yeah, so Luke is tapping into a repeated Old Testament theme. When God's presence showed up similarly at Mount Sinai, he made a covenant with Israel and gave them the Ten Commandments. Then later, when God's glory came in a pillar of fire, it filled the tabernacle when he came to live among them. That was just one pillar of fire, not many. Exactly. Luke's making an important point here. This is God's personal temple presence, God's spirit that was foretold by Israel's prophets. And now it's come to take up residence in the new temple of Jesus' body, that is, his people. They become little mobile temples where God now dwells. And they start to tell stories about Jesus, but they're speaking in languages that they didn't know before, yet all the visitors can understand them. What's this all about? Well, Peter gets up to explain that this is the fulfillment of Israel's hopes based on the scriptures. God's plan was always to use the unified family of Abraham to bring peace and justice to the world. But the tribes of Israel had been scattered because of the exile. Now here at Pentecost, representatives from all of the tribes come back together and they're introduced to their Messiah, the crucified and risen Jesus, so they can now become the restored people of Israel. And that. Okay. I was going to start following the way of Jesus. Which brings us to Luke's tale of two temples. So you've got the temple that Herod built in Jerusalem, where Jesus' disciples worship like the rest of the Israelites. But now there's also Jesus' temple, which consists of people. This temple's meeting together in homes all over Jerusalem, and they were approaching life in a radical new way. Right, think about it. Many of these pilgrims aren't even from Jerusalem, so they've formed these new families, and they're all depending on each other. Yeah, people would sell their stuff, provide for the poor among them, they ate their meals together, they said their daily prayers together. They were learning from the apostles what it meant to live as if Jesus is the true king of the world. And it must have been exhilarating. But... Yeah, exhilarating. Exhilarating. That's the tone we wanted to leave it on. Okay, cool. That was a helpful video. I like the Bible Project videos because I'm a visual learner, which is a thing. Um, cool, so I'm sure you all read Acts 1 and 2 in your Bible plans. If, if, you, if you haven't got a Bible plan because you weren't here last week or forgot yours, Ashley has them that she will be giving you at the end if you need one. Um, so we were reading a bit of Acts today, each day. Excellent, excellent stuff. But um, if we get, get to your Bibles now in Acts, and we're just going to whiz through Acts 1 and 2. I'm just going to highlight a few verses that I thought were interesting. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Very excited. And, uh, wait, okay, all right, all right. Um, cool, we're going we're to stop briefly on verses that I found interesting or amusing, so that bodes well. Um, cool, so Acts chapter 1, the first bit is Luke introducing the book, and he's like, uh, yeah, he was like, yep, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go, Jesus is about to go back to heaven. Um, and he's, he's like, okay, guys, I'm about to leave, but don't worry, because my Holy Spirit is coming. 
And I'd like you to look at verse 8. Has anyone got access to verse 8? Um, who wants to read verse 8 for me? Out. Ashley, can you read your verse 8? Oh, I would love to. Thank you for picking me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yes. So Jesus talks about this Holy Spirit, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to give the followers of Jesus power to go and witness, go and tell people about him. Pretty woke. And then uh, verse 10 and 11 happens, and basically what happens is that he's like, all right, bye guys, and he just leaves, and then everyone's just like watching him go into the sky, and then these two, I assume, angels in verse 11 are like, what are you guys looking at? Don't be lame, like, Jesus is gone. <laughs> I think it's a fair, I, don't, I would be looking into the sky at that point, but fair play that the angels roasted him for that. Um, yeah, cool, and then, so Jesus has said, wait in Jerusalem, so what do the disciples do? They're very well behaved and they wait in Jerusalem for, for whatever Jesus has said is going to happen, the Holy Spirit's going to come. Um, so we've got a long list of the 11 apostles left. Um, verse 14, anyone want to read that out for me? Um, um, uh, Jada does, can you read verse 14 out for me, Jada? No, I'll volunteer, <laughs> I love how willing people are to put it, it makes my day. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Yeah, so there's just loads of people along with the women, whoever the women are, um, just chilling uh, with all the guys. And there's about 120 people um, just waiting for whatever Jesus has said is going to happen. And then there's a long bit of dialogue from verses 15 to 26. We're just, I'm just going to summarise that for you. Basically, Peter's like, we need 12 of us. Judas betrayed Jesus, he was a jerk, and he died in a really gruesome way. Um, so we need a new guy. So they're like, who should it be? Should it be Basabbas or Matthias? And then they, they're like, let's pray. God, show us which one. And then they basically gamble, and God's like, Matthias, through the power of the gambling. So, <laughs> that's Don't gamble, kids. Bad. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, cool. Um, so... Before we go into Act Two, Acts chapter two, I thought I'd quickly tell you what basically this is how I read the Bible, the way you're reading it right now. I read the whole thing and then I go back to verses that I think are interesting or amusing. Um, and I read it in different translations. So I've got the NIV Bible here, but has anyone got the U version Bible app on them? Very recommend it. Because basically I don't know what you're you should get it, guys. You should get it. Because basically, if I don't understand, if there's a weird verse, I basically click on it, and then I click compare translations, and then it gives me other translations. I'm like, that makes slightly more sense in the New Living Translation. It doesn't make much sense in the ESV version. Because well, uh, the NIV version is better than the ESV version. Um, so I read it in different translations <laughs> to reword it. Um, and then um, normally after the first time of reading it through or, or before would be good, I'm like, I just pray and I'm like, Holy Spirit, would you reveal anything like that you want me to get out of this passage I'm about to read? And the other thing I do when I read the Bible is I read it with other people because I'm not that wise, uh, so I need to read it with other people to get the full wisdom. So I read this with Ashley earlier. So everything I'm saying you can blame on Ashley. <laughs> um, cool. <laughs> so anyway, back to Acts chapter 2. Um, and you guys might be quite familiar with this passion, pa passage. That's when the Holy Spirit comes in and people see like little flaming things over their heads. And they all start speaking in different languages. Ho um, verse 4, 
chapter 2, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. And in this context, that means, uh, that could mean languages. So, like, yeah, imagine how weird it would be if you could just suddenly speak French fluently or German fluently, which would be great for me as I study German and I'm kind of waiting for God to do that, but that's fine. Um, um, or it could mean tongues, which is like a heavenly language that no one understands. Um, and the, the, my story for when I, when I first spoke in tongues is quite funny, so I actually said I should share it with you guys. Um, basically, uh, I'd heard a lot about people talking in this uh, in this weird language um, uh, at church, and I, I I was like, this sounds pretty cool. It's, it sounds like a good gift that actually it says in the Bible builds you up if you speak in tongues. So I want some of that. So I got people to pray for me, and uh, nothing visibly happened. And I was like, it's a bit awkward. And they're like, just speak, and it will happen. And I was like, nothing's happening. It's pretty weird. Um, and and then so. <laughs> One day after church, I went home and I YouTubed how to speak in tongues because <laughs> I'm a Gen Z and that's how we that's how we cope with life. We YouTube, we Google things, right? Um, surprisingly, after a few YouTube videos, um, this lady was like telling us, tell, telling me the bio, the biblical way and how we speak in tongues. And she was like, "So I'm just going to pray for you now and just speak in tongues and then just try it and see what happens." So she prayed and I tried it and I was speaking in tongues and I was like, "What the heck's happened here?" YouTube so, tutorial. Um, maybe that's not what we should get out of this. Anyway, um, so I was just speaking in this random language that I'd never heard before. I was cool. And I, at one point, I actually whipped out Google Translate. And I tried to work out if it was a specific language. And it wasn't, but that was a fun story. Um, so the apostles are speaking in all these languages. Um, and then we have all of these different groups of people who can suddenly understand what they're saying. As the video said, they're all in Jerusalem for this festival, Pentecost. And then we have some fun names uh, of places. In verse 9, there are people from Mesopotamia, which sounds like a fun place to be. And Pamphylia, which sounds like a disease. And Cre Cretans, which is not Cretans, apparently. People from Crete, very different. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, and then, um, verse 13, which is fair enough, uh, the people... Some people, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. So people are like, you guys, what are you drunk? What is going on? How are you speaking all these languages? Um, which is probably how I would have reacted at the time. And then Peter stands up and he, he, he basically just drops some theology bombs on them. And he's like quoting Joel and he's quoting David. And he's basically just going on a massive biblical rant in a good way about the fact that we need to believe in Jesus, repent and be baptised. Um, which is kind of crazy if you think about the last kind of thing we heard about Peter, which was that he was terrified um, because uh, Jesus has been uh, Jesus has been in prison, he's about to die, and then he denies Jesus three times, and he's like, I don't know Jesus, what are you talking about? And then suddenly he's just like, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life! And we're like, whoa, Transformation Tuesday. Um, yeah. Um, so he's, um, or Thursday, whatever day it was, I wasn't there, I don't know. Um, so it's amazing. The Holy Spirit basically uh, fills people and he empowers them to tell people about Jesus. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so Jesus, so Peter's telling um, these people about it. And then we skip all the way down to verse 37 in Acts chapter 2. Anyone want to read that for me? Ashley does. Oh, so much. Where are we? Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the hearts and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? 
Amazing. Thanks. That's all I wanted you to. Um, so people hear this talk from Peter that is basically Holy Spirit. He's filled with Holy Spirit. He's talking. And they're just like, what do we do? Be saved. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, but the bit I want to focus on just for the three minutes that I have left is the last chunk. So verses 42 to 47, which is really cool. I'm just going to read that out uh, in my translation. The fellowship of the believers. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who would have need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And they praised God and enjoyed the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that's a really exciting passage. As the guy was about to say, it's exhilarating. This is the early church. So it's just a group of random people, never met before. The only thing they share in common is that they believe what Peter was talking about. Um, and they're just hanging out. They're breaking bread. So that's, um, the, we think it's the Lord's Supper, so communion. They're just hanging out, rich and poor. The rich people are helping out the poor people. It's great. Um, and they're talking about Jesus, and they're learning from the apostles. So they are, here we, here we go, guys. They're rooted in community with each other. Um, they're rooted in the Word, because uh, they're praising God, talking about Jesus, and the apostles teaching them. And they're rooted in the Spirit, because um, the Holy Spirit is enabling all these signs and wonders and also enabling them to live with each other um, like this. Great. Um, uh, so that's all your three points. Um, but of those three things, I just wanted to spend my last couple of minutes just talking about community and how important community is. Because um, I think sometimes we... People kind of... People can suck, right? So people can hurt us and people can make us feel... Um, crappy and then we're like oh I don't want anything to do with people but actually um, God made us to be in community in Genesis God makes Adam and he's like alright uh, but it's only after he makes Eve that he's like this is good because they can um, enjoy him together God made us to enjoy him with other people um, and actually I've been in a bit of a learning curve about this recently because I feel like my year abroad I just spent a year in Austria and one of the large things God taught me was actually how much I need other people to see him more clearly. Um, so, obviously, I'm, I'm a certain way. I'm an extrovert, and I like drama, and I like trying to speak German and putting on weird accents and stuff. And that, in, in that way, I, like, I reflect God in some ways because of the things I do. But actually, I can't um, reflect God fully uh, the way I am. We need other people and we see different parts of his character so for me you probably wouldn't see God's uh, hmm, patience maybe um, but actually I see how patient God is in the character of other people um, which is awesome so if I was going to give you one thing to kind of take away from this talk it would be we actually need each other and we see God more in each other um, and how great it is what an opportunity it is to love Jesus together um, yeah, um, and one really clear part of the Bible where it talks about this is 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about the body. I think it's 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to 
you, you can, you can ch check later. Um, but it talks about how one of us is the eye, one of us is the leg, one of us is the nose or whatever. And we all serve different functions. And that doesn't mean those that we're less or more important than other people. It just means we're all different, which I think is beautiful. Um, so, got like a minute left. So, yeah, so. So, so. I'm going to turn this so. off.